So you may remember that we are in the season of the creating God. And each week we are exploring a different aspect of God's desire for humanity. The first week of the series we studied Genesis 2 and reflected on the ways in which we are created for relationship, for partnership. Then we looked uh, to a portion of the story of Abraham and Sarah to learn more deeply the ways that we are created for hospitality, to receive the presence of God and one another generously. And today we will reflect upon the truth that we as children of God are created for blessing. And what a greater understanding, expression of our understanding of God's blessing than through the baptism of Thaddeus. What greater expression? Small child that he is, someone had to bring him to the waters. His grandparents, his parents, his brothers, his church brought him to the waters. Confident that Thaddeus is loved by God, gifted with the grace of God, held in the protection and everlasting arms of God, this community bears witness to such blessing through the sacrament of baptism. By participating in such an act, we affirm that he indeed is a precious child of God, that his presence is enough. His presence is enough for God. Thaddeus does not need to do anything to make him worthy of his baptism. He doesn't need to prove his faithfulness to us. He doesn't need to have fought the good fight or have worked for this blessing inherently. He is a beloved child of God baptized with the same baptism as Jesus, sealed with love, sealed with water. But even as I say these things, many of us adults sitting here in this room, perhaps, many of us forget that this blessing applies to us too, no matter our age. Just a few minutes ago, before we read the psalm together, we heard the prophet Isaiah proclaim to the people a blessing, and it bears repeating. Isaiah proclaimed to the people on behalf of God, for you shall go out in joy. You shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This is good news. This is good news, isn't it? The imagery of the text is so vivid, the vision of the blessing so hopeful. God's intent seems clear that we are to go out in joy and to be led in peace. But if we're honest, I imagine many of us here, we have a hard time understanding how or when this might come to fruition. In such a time as this, when the world seems so at odds with joy and peace, when we sense the earth not bursting into song or clapping its hands, but rather melting at its ice caps and the climate becoming more extreme, when we feel like we're constantly wrestling, constantly wrestling with the harsh realities of our brokenness, it's hard to imagine going out in joy and being led in peace. We're quick to go back to that more critical place, aren't we? Rather than boldly hope for joy and peace, we're prone to point out the flaws in the plan, lest we be disappointed. So here's my proposal. How about for one Sunday, just for one day, we stay with the blessing for just a little longer? 
at least this one day? How about for this one Sunday we dwell a little longer in the blessing of the presence of God? Let's just try it. This past Thursday we had our weekly staff meeting, and like usual we started our meeting with a blessing from the book to to bless the space between us. Um, by John O'Donohue. It's a book of blessings that he's composed. And I slowly read a blessing for presence. And after a very um, pregnant pause in silence, we all agreed that we could stand to hear it again. We could stand to live in that blessing for just a little bit longer. So for this Sunday, I encourage us all to sit with this blessing of Isaiah for just a little longer, aware of the ways that we wrestle with its promise and yet open to the blessing that will come in God's own time. Church, you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. The trees of the field shall clap their hands. You shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. And now I want to invite you to turn to your pew, into your pew Bible to the book of Genesis to hear another story of blessing. Our second text comes from the 32nd chapter, beginning with the 22nd verse. And let us continue to receive God's blessing through God's word. Let us pray. Holy and generous God, bless us with your word today. Reveal to us the blessing that you bestow upon us, the love that you have for your people, the joy and the peace. Amen. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise, everything he had. Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said to Jacob, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked me, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon Jacob as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket, because he struck Jacob on the hip socket, and on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So after a long and complicated journey, and with a long and complicated journey ahead, one evening Jacob finds himself by a water's edge in the presence of God, wrestling, wrestling mightily 
with the confidence that a blessing would come. Now, Amy Merrill Willis, professor of religious studies at Lynchburg College, suggests this. She says, to make sense of this demand for an undeserved blessing, we should consider this wrestling match in the context of Jacob's extended journey from Canaan to Syria and back. He has a long history. Because very often stories of journeys, particularly biblical journeys, they are also stories about character transformation. This long journey, this long transformation. The story in Genesis 32 finds Jacob homeward bound after about 20 years away, with his past threatening to catch up with him. Faced with the prospect of encountering his brother Esau, whose birthright Jacob stole, Jacob finds himself at a turning point. He can face up to what awaits him, or he can do what he has always done in the past. He can turn heels and run. And here in this scene, Jacob's response is to stand his ground and to entangle himself with this formidable form. Exchanging tussle for tussle, a debilitating hip blow is planted upon Jacob and daybreak appears on the horizon. His foe suggests the match is over. But instead of evading his pursuer, he persists to get what he most wants. A blessing. He says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He doesn't say, see, I'm a good fighter. I won the wrestling match, therefore I deserve a blessing. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I've now proven to you my stamina. I've proven my worthiness, my strength. Give to me what I want. He didn't say that. No, Jacob says to his holy foe, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go, my God, unless you bless me. My second call in ministry was as the admissions director at the McCormick Theological Seminary, my alma mater. And a big part of my job was traveling. I flew at least once or twice a week, and I had some of the most remarkable conversations with people when I traveled. Now, I have to admit, there were certainly the times when I would put on my sleepiest of faces, pop my headphones on, and do my best to avoid speaking to my my seatmates. I'm sure some of you can Can you relate to that? You can relate to that. I did my best to do that, but more often than not, I ended up in conversations with my seatmates. Of course, course, most of the conversations were prompted by their very first question. Can you imagine what that question was? What do you do? For some, I'm a Presbyterian pastor, would send them into a rant on how the church is the worst, how it's done immense harm to the world, to the most vulnerable among us. But most of the time, most people would tell me about their complicated relationship with God. More times than I can count, I heard, well, I've not lived a perfect life. I'm not sure God would really want to be in relationship with me. Or, I don't even know if God is real, but if God is real, why would God want to bless me if I'm not even sure about God? But most frequently, most frequently, I would hear some version of, look, I've worked really hard to be a good person. I've, I've tried really hard to believe in God. 
But I'm on this plane because my five-year-old niece has cancer. Where's the good? Where's the God in that? I just can't do it. Steeped in a capitalistic society where accolades, salaries, badges of honor, they're earned. We are prone to believe that blessings are earned as well. And if they can't be earned, well, then they're just not real. But our text for this morning, it reveals something different. You see, the story of Jacob wrestling with the very presence of God challenges any perception that we might have of God as a scorekeeper or God as one whose blessings can be earned. In this story, the very presence of God challenges any perception that God is somehow separate, apart, or above God's own people. In the midst of his complicated journey of life, Jacob wrestled with God. He stayed in it with God, and God stayed in it with Jacob. And walking away with an indelible mark, even limping, Jacob came away from an encounter with unbounded blessings. Indeed, this story attests to the complex reality of a God who is intimately engaged with humans, who seeks us out, who blesses us. And so it is with us, too. In every stage of life, we wrestle. Every stage, as maturity, as transformation, as growing pains, as a loss of innocence takes hold. In every stage of life, we find ourselves in a brawl at some point. We all do. In every stage, we grapple with the truths we have known as we grope for the blessing in what is to come. And indeed, as we wrestle, as we endeavor to heed our call to be faithful in a broken world, as we feel guilt for our sins and regret for our mistakes, as we wrestle with the very existence and presence of God at work in the world, we are blessed. Even if we're marked, even if we're scarred. The prophet Isaiah proclaims to us this of God's word, this of God's blessing. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Church, our scriptures for this morning remind us that this is a journey. And the journey may be long. We hope it will be. But as long as it may be, God is still at work, loving the world, loving God's people, calling us out in joy and leading us in peace. In the midst of complex lives, it can be difficult to trust. It can be difficult to trust that though we may struggle and strive, we are indeed created for blessing. We're created to receive the word of God and to be with the word until it returns back to God in God's own time. This promise of God, it's comforting. It's deeply comforting when we feel frustrated, when we feel 
beaten down, when we feel unworthy, when we're in the midst of wrestling, saying, why, God? Our text for this morning, our text for this morning remind us to cling to the hope, to cling to the hope that comes with the promise of joy and peace. When we feel like we're wrestling, fighting, when we feel the blow to the hip, we can trust that God's blessing remains even still. So as we sit with this truth, that we are created for blessing, rather than attempt to convince you further of this truth, I invite you to to sit and receive this blessing, the same blessing that the staff received on Thursday morning. I invite you to quiet your mind, quiet your body, open your heart and receive this blessing of presence. Awaken to the mystery of being here and enter the quiet immensity of your own presence. Have joy and peace in the temple of your senses. Receive encouragement when new frontiers beckon. Respond to the call of your gift and the courage to follow its path. Let the flame of anger free you of all falsity. May warmth of heart keep your presence aflame. May anxiety never linger about you. May your outer dignity mirror an inner dignity of soul. Take time to celebrate the quiet miracles that seek no attention. Be consoled in the secret symmetry of your soul. May you experience each day as a sacred gift woven around the heart of wonder. Amen.